0: This is America's Web the best in chat radio designed just for you.
1: Welcome. You found Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. I'm your host, Lawyer Liz. And while I am an attorney with the Atlanta office of Hall Do Smith, the Buzz Off show is not legal advice. And Instead, it's a weekly look at all the buzz surrounding drones, autonomous vehicles, the Internet of Things, and all of the technology in between. So welcome, and today we're going to take a break from the last couple of shows where we looked at securing campaigns and elections and all the technology and how that's changing the way we're running campaigns political campaigns and elections and instead going to pick up with a feel-good aspect to drones and technology with if anyone was watching the news or really on social media within the last couple of weeks you've probably seen alerts on weather issues. There was Hurricane Matthew and then uh, storms that hit over on the West Coast, and what you may have noticed were there a lot more about what drones were being used, both in inspections as well as search and rescue. In fact, it was thanks to Twitter that a gentleman in Texas noticed that there was flooding in North Carolina, through a drone photographer's footage that he posted on Twitter. Contacting the drone photographer, they were able to identify that it was indeed the Texas resident's brother's house in North Carolina that was flooded and in need of rescue. And through Texas, North Carolina photographer and FEMA crews, They were able to rescue his brother. So we're going to hear a lot more stories like that on the great uses of the photography, the footage of drones. And to really share about that, we brought in first guests today are both filmographers, uh, photographers, and drone uh, enthusiasts, I guess is a good way to share, but I feel like that's selling you all short. But we have two of the geniuses behind Belair Media and welcoming Graham and Phil to the show. Thanks for calling in from the job site.
2: Thanks for having us, Liz.
1: Thanks, Liz. And I became first uh, familiar with all of you all's uh, media and uh, footage. Through another story, y'all had retweeted. So social media is connecting all the dots for us, it seems. But y'all helped circulate the importance of FPV racing and really communicating with the community where you're flying and making sure everyone knows all safety, but also just that dialogue and discussion so that people aren't afraid of when they see a drone overhead. But, and now here we are, a couple of months later, and y'all are working on, I mean, you're FEMA certified, aren't you?
2: That's correct, yes. Yeah, so Belair has uh, taken a very proactive um, stance here in Washington State. Um, you know, we, we started uh, a really good campaign with the International uh, Drone Day, um, and Valair sponsored um, an event that, uh, that allowed a lot of F- public access to the FPV racers, um, seen a lot of SAR or search and rescue demos, We um, also had one of the OEMs for, for a drone manufacturer on site giving lessons that day to the public. And so um, Valair is very proactive in wanting to make sure the public has first access and, and knowledge about drones and seeing the positive characteristics that uh, aerial flight can give them.
1: Well, and you hit upon one of the keys that, with Hurricane Matthew particularly, it was the first time the FAA had set up a direct communication mechanism. I mean, we've seen the uh, kind of know-before-you-fly, but don't fly, don't interfere with fire-rescue crews, you know, those sort of no-drone zones, but with this... Last round of uh, natural disasters. It seems like the FAA is taking a proactive step as well.
3: And they really are. They're attempting to isolate the the recreational and the uh, commercial side of SUAS, and ensuring that the folks that are licensed and trained to be able to respond in these types of disasters, you know, are able to work with the necessary entities and 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 safely operate. Um, around these existing manned aircraft,
1: and y'all, re- y'all recently went back to school, so to speak. Uh, FEMA has started offering these classes. Tell us about, tell us a little bit about how you found out about the class and it, what all was included in it.
2: So, the, we work very closely. Um, Graham and I have separate business entities, and we, we've unified on a lot of our co projects and we've we've partnered with um, the city of Kirkland in out, outer reaches of Seattle area and and we're tied into the community emergency response team there and we have special training through that and that's a volunteer organization that does very light search and rescue and um, small trash can fire type stuff um, in the event uh, that the first responders need some you know extra support so through that training, that introduces us to the city manage- emergency managers, and uh, through through that contact, they they realized our our um, UAV and UAS efforts in the local community, and they wanted to see about uh, leveraging that for their assets for volunteer uh, search and rescue. So um, that introduced us to local city government. That allowed us to show them the positive traits of the aerial platforms, which then led to hey we would like to introduce drones into an official uh, emergency uh, public sector, but in an official way writing a drone policy for how drones will be used in, a, in, a, in emergency services. Could you help us with that? And then that also um, allowed us to partner on, on an ongoing basis, which then gave us a FEMA, you know, Department of Homeland Security um, at a federal level is now helping us uh, introduce drones in emergency services and disaster recovery. Would you be able to go and represent us at these classes and, and help us along and consult along with us to make sure we can up you know stand up a UAS um, uh, team within our emergency services officially? So that that has opened the door for us, and so we didn't actually have to go find those classes. The emergency managers um, are much more connected to the at a federal level of what disaster recovery and and training that there is. And we've been invited as their guests and liaisons to represent them, and um, we're happy to do so.
1: So it sounds like a true domino effect, where one conversation led to another conversation. And if you're not putting out dumpster fires, uh, what what sort of situations have you been uh, utilized on?
2: Well, thankfully, we haven't had an, an incident where we've actually been officially deployed. We've done a lot of training in this space, but not in a, uh, haven't needed to be deployed. And we, we just recently, um, uh, the West Coast is on uh, an earthquake subduction zone, and so FEMA sponsored a, a nationwide, but primarily on the West Coast, fire drill, so to speak, for earthquake uh, preparedness. And so we brought in um, you know, emergency responders from all up and down the West Coast, you know Washington National Guard was deployed and so we did we did a city-wide type exercise um, you know in we, we came along with the Washington National Guard and realized that they would like to use civilian assets meaning using our you know UASs um, and platforms but how do you engage with feedsizer and communicate on the same radio frequencies how do we get your video feeds from your drone and utilize them um, but while we're at it maybe we should know a little bit about how your commercial drones work So we were able to conduct training with the Washington National Guard and give them lessons and flight lessons and situational awareness and what our assets can provide to them um, because they're not allowed to use their drone assets, um, you know, in peacetime, and so it we were able to be an extension to them as their eyes and ears, um, and give them forward-looking reconnaissance as in, in, in a drill fashion. Um, so thankfully, we haven't been deployed, you know, in a, in a real essence um, emergency yet. But we we do train and, and are ready for it.
4: So I've seen the movie. Was it uh, San Andreas with The Rock? And for full disclosure, I am a big fan of The Rock. Uh, now. In San Andreas, you have the big earthquake. It, of course, hits the fault lines. So what sort of you know, technology or how, how were y'all training them on the sort of, I mean, it seems that the FPV drones would be perfect for the highly maneuverable getting in to areas, uh, urban areas that may have been hit by the disaster, uh, were there sort of training that y'all did before you took the show on the road and taught the you know, military and National Guard how to handle these aircraft?
3: Absolutely. And that's and that's a great question. You know, our, our teams have extensive background in law enforcement um, and other other technology, technology segments, so we, we come with with um, an extensive knowledge of, of, of these areas and spaces, and and we've been in this business for a number of years now, so it's it's a it's a very uh, good marriage between our two expertises and areas of knowledge to be able to support the uh, National Guard in this factor.
4: Well, and how was it teaching the National Guard that, you know, they're used to other aircraft or they're used to other applications was there a little bit of an ego check of well now we're going to show you how the uh, the other pilots do it
2: That's you know, that's actually great question. It was quite it was quite humbling actually just the reverse there you know there was we were pleasantly surprised and this is not my first engagement directly with the military but you know they they took their hats off to us and we took our hats off to them. we had this mutual camaraderie um, we we feel inferior to their assets that they have at their fingertips um, but because they showed an interest in using commercial assets and civilian assets um, in peacetime um, and we're operating under the umbrella of our our local city emergency manager they because we had all those connections in place they were absolutely open to Hey, introduce us to the assets you do have for air rec- recon, and, and and we'd like to see if we can leverage those. And so it was it was a first time training experience for both of us, and that was the whole point of the cascade earthquake drill was to see how do our teams communicate amongst each other at various levels of government, um, civilian, and and um, and federal levels, and and it was it was it was awesome. And so they, you know. We even had a flight incident on our train, you know, in our training flight area, as they're learning to fly, and it was just a lot of fun. They, they, they all did really well and showed the proficiency at flight controls. Um, but it was a good chance for us to be able to pipe our, our video out with you know HDMI out to their big honkin', um, you know, plasma and LCD screens in their command center, um, and so we could prove we could do a proof of concept and, and show that we could integrate with their video systems. Um, and then we, you know, we still got to work on our radio phonetics, you know, and communicate to each other on the, on the right radio channels. But it was it, there was there was no machoism at all. We we both we both seemed to work really well together, and we were both interested in each other's tech. Um, and it was really just a a, a really great camaraderie um, set of uh, experiences for both of us, I think.
4: Well, and especially when you're planning for situations where you're used to, I mean even the fpv racing events that i've attended it, the networks are a little dodgy depending on how quickly they were set up to begin with did you find that there was a, you learned a little bit on better ways to you, set up the radios or other networking issues when you're not going to have reliable cell phone towers or other communication systems in an emergency, because they've absolutely. been knocked out.
3: Yeah, no, and we and we plan for those types of contingencies. Um, that is, that I'm is. I intentionally planned you know, or we learned.
4: As I intentionally planned or learned through trial and error.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um, again, from with with our with our operations and 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 logistical backgrounds, um, this, these are these are contingencies and things that we we have already uh, worked and actually addressed. Um, with some of these agencies. So um, so, uh, part of it is is adapting existing uh, methodologies and operations and working around those, but uh, that's something that we've we've worked to. And and obviously, you know, until we actually have to to come and use these these types of of services, um, we won't actually know if... if everything was planned for correctly but obviously we try to do our best to make sure that we think of all all options and all contingencies.
4: Well, absolutely. Hey, and Liz, we are going to have, have to Liz, I would say We're going to have to jump and I hate it's to do not this. Well, no. And we need to bring you all back when you've unfortunately had to road test some more of these. But we're going to jump to a commercial break, gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us find out more about their company at Volair, V-O-L-A-I-R, media on Twitter or online. You're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz.
3: When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren, on Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com.
2: Whether cruising the Strip at a
3: 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber
2: every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com.
5: Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not... Or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at
0: www.atlantahealingcenter.com. This is America's Web the best in chat radio designed just for you.
4: And welcome back. You're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. Coming to you live each Wednesday from two to three Eastern. Find us on Twitter and iTunes Lawyer Liz Podcast. And we were just speaking with the masterminds behind Valer Media who are partnering up and providing some of the services and training for drones in search and rescue operations on the West Coast and quite frankly, all over the country, but while they're providing these services, there's a lot of logistics and policy and coordination issues that go into really incorporating all of these programs and services on a grander scale. So, you know, i I can acknowledge when I need experts beyond my limited expertise. And so our next guest has the background that covers all of it, from a former EMS, uh, EMT provider in New Jersey, to serving on policy and drone unmanned system commissions Across, I mean, at least you've got several different states, if I recall correctly. But you have been knee deep in this issue for several years. So, welcome to the Buzz Off Show.
6: Thanks for having me on, Miss Wharton. Well, you know, it it is a shame. Uh, I, I was very much in, engaged with what Fall Air Media was speaking about, and I'm so happy to hear other organizations. It's, it's a it's a huge drone culture. Um, You know, in terms of emergencies and disasters, for me, the way they're handled, it's a personal interest of mine, well, since elementary school. So, obviously, I'm excited to have this chat with you about my passion, Um, and we're about to see this next generation of first response evolve before our very eyes. Um, So, I co-founded a company called Airless. It's It's a Delaware LLC which I'm very proud of. And while I was carving out my special topical area for my master's, uh, that master's was in emergency management and business continuity, um, it was on emerging policy issues and legislation of disruptive technologies, obviously focused on drones. um, And that was founded with two other members of of, uh, New Jersey Institute of Technology's UAS working group. Uh, that's how I became involved with uh, the NTIA-led effort uh, responding to the NPRM when that came out.
4: I was going to say that's a lot of loved. That's a lot of acronyms to say that y'all have been the ones writing the rules well, and providing know, the guidance. I like it. Necessarily,
6: we get into them. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Well, it, you can tell if it's government or military, if it becomes alphabet soup, everyone loves their fun acronyms. And uh, so how is it been from your vantage point? I mean, this is an issue you've been working on and the, specifically the integration of the new technologies into these emergency response scenarios to where within the last month, it, pardon the pun, has taken off. I mean, you're getting the opportunity to watch years of work unfold in real time.
6: And and to be candid, I I, I am absolutely pleased that the public gets to see all the positive societal benefits that drones can bring stateside to us instead of thinking about uh, it in the context that uh, most people thought about just a Mere couple of years ago. when it comes to emergency services now uh, you know the, my, my partners, we have about 60 combined years of providing emergency services. So you would you'd probably agree that members of service, you know police, fire, EMS, emergency managers, it's a, it's a brotherhood, a sisterhood and a lifestyle of sorts, right?
4: I mean, y'all, y'all run in where everyone else is running away. So, yes, and you are willing to assist people in truly sometimes at our worst. I mean, when we're injured, hurt, scared, it, we're not on our best behavior always, <laughs> and y'all are willing so, to do it.
6: You know, going to go, going to your question, um, it, it helps when people who have. Uh, in in those roles, uh, it benefits those agencies to speak with people who have worked the streets to truly show, explain, understand uh, this new tool that we can put in our toolbox, Um, because it it is exciting to get the picture, but there's more to it than just a picture or something that you get off of a sensor. Uh, It's kind of like that needs analysis, where where if you have been a first responder, you, you have some street smarts, per se. And that's a differentiation I think, uh, you know, people will learn as, as they move along because most people are, are used to steady state. They're used to everything being normal. And, and people don't, but don't particularly think about emergencies and disasters because, you know, sometimes you're in a low-risk area or you're at low risk to be in an emergency. Um, but it, it's a different breed of person who, who runs towards uh, somebody calling for help.
4: Well, and to have that understanding of the technical background or familiarity with unmanned systems, and but also the understanding of what's needed. Because if drones are in wild west of the skies, then when you bring the wild west to—I don't know—another good analogy, but a disaster or emergency scenario where the rule book in some ways has been thrown out as you said. The normal is no longer what's happening. And being able to bridge those two worlds and we saw a we've heard bad stories about how the everything clashes with the wildfires last year, but it seemed with Hurricane Matthew and some of the other flooding and similar emergency situations drones got it right this go-round what's changed
6: yeah and and, and I think a, a great way you know we, we're, we're thinking about Wild west but I think a, a great way to illustrate this is it actually comes from uh, one of my professors uh, during that uh, during the graduate work I was doing for emergency management so uh, let, let's think about emergency management as a degree, and and an MBA as a degree. Uh, MBA, you you deal with a a traditional, hierarchical, structured organization. Uh, What draws me to emergency management is the fact that it's a flat, networked organization. And like I said, it it takes a certain type of person who, who, who can handle that sort of stress. It's highly complicated, unpredictable, and uncontrollable. And the benefit that I had was... Uh, one of the first textbooks that we were given is we actually had to study off of the, off of the uh, Marine Corps' manual on command and control. Because when you look at a disaster, whether it be natural or, or man-made, uh, it, we're really thinking uh, about the incident commander being the war fighter. So it's not just the human opponent. You have a more volatile Mother Nature to deal with. Um, and so, uh, g- quickly, uh, there, there were two concepts that, that I learned was, uh, and most people have probably heard of this uh, when, when you come to uh, business courses, uh, the uh, Observe, Orient, Decide Act, the OODA loop uh, that was uh, developed by Colonel Boyd in, in, the, in the Air Force. And it's a, it's a concept in many disciplines, and, and what it is is it, it favors raw power in dealing with opponents in any endeavor by observing. So this is what the drone is doing. It's observing. It's orienting itself to the situation. The person who's receiving the information is making a decision, so that they're deciding. And then they're giving an order to act. And it, it, it's, it goes to what people know as the information hierarchy. We move from raw data to processed data, and then it leads into knowledge and understanding. And what had happened was... Uh, 25 years after that, there's a new model uh, that 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 UDA was more. It was more putting process to paper. There's now something called Sense Interpret Side Act, and that, that's where we are now. That was uh, developed by Stephen Haeckel, and uh, it assumes it takes on intense turbulence that's experienced inside the information age. So in UDA, in the UDA loops. So all these loops are running independently. There's a flooded street here, there's a flooded street here, there's a fire here. Those are cycling as quickly as possible. So the subordinates on scene don't really know what the mindset of the commander or his intent is, but sense-interpret-decide-act is more a matter of, of knowing and thinking about the effectiveness, how they can adapt to making decisions in the field on their own, um, and it, it kind of makes sense when you when we th- when when we look at the, the 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 when the NPRM first came out, we, we saw this different this this uh, well, and, and avoid versus hear and avoid or sense and avoid.
4: Well, it's and we'll have to uh, I'll say we'll have to uh, delve into the sense and avoid right after this commercial break. But you're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio.
1: Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org.
0: Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today.
6: Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio.
3: 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation, Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport.
6: Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on Webradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like.
0: This is americaswebradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz
4: on America's Web Radio, and today we're taking a break from the last 3 weeks of political technology to talk emergency technology and looking at all the uses we've seen in the last few months on Drones for Good. And our guest is one of the co founders of Airless. And really, Luis, you've been the again, the guru. And you were explaining to us a little bit before the break about the theories behind the communication systems. And it sounds like we're drones are enabling us to play simultaneous chess games. Of emergencies from street A, the next street over, you know, and really game theory, be able to analyze that data and integrate it into the other data we're receiving and advance our command and control and ability to respond. I mean, it's a game changer, right?
6: Yeah, it, it, it is. And, and uh, what I was uh, be- illustrating before the break was trying to get the audience into the mindset of an emergency manager, of a first responder, and uh, going to that sense, interpret, decide, act loop. So you go from one to the other. Uh, we think about people, uh, there are some people who are visual learners, for, for example. Um, Myself you know,
4: included, so yes, so continue. <laughs>
6: mm-hmm. um, so uh, or or if you are a responsible fire, uh, firearms owner, and you're into personal defense, you you know about the notion of situational awareness. Um, So if I can just go in the direction of uh, a recent disaster, the Hoboken train crash in New Jersey, um, you know, I'm kind of one of those emergency scanner buffs. So if you go back to the audio and you listen to it, you know, about eight minutes, nine minutes into the incident, we still don't have a decision maker on the scene who has eyes on the scene. It actually takes eleven and a half minutes, and you know this is this is no disrespect to the service that, that uh, anyone provided they, that day. They did a great job, but uh, this is just an illustration of what a drone can bring uh, to the equation. Uh, at eleven minutes and a half into the incident, finally, a, a deputy gets photos, perhaps through his cell phone, that somebody snapped, and was able to convey that there are now potentially 100 victims, and it takes another minute for that to be processed by the decision-maker he was speaking with to now give the order to dispatch a certain number of units. And if we can cut those decision-making cycles uh, times down, it, it would be of great benefit to the response capability for any emergency Response organization, whether it be just a, a regular emergency or a disaster, it's it's really the having the eyes on the scene, having everyone who is responding plus dispatch and emergency operations, everyone has the same common operating picture.
4: Well, in with the first person view, the FPV micro quad drones, and we've spoken about these before on the show with Todd Wall from the Drone Racing Club. And, but using your example of the train station emergency, you have uh, unfortunately twisted metal debris that has fallen onto the train. Cars have crushed up onto each other. And it would seem this is a perfect opportunity uh, to really utilize these micro quads because they could get and navigate. I mean, part of fpv drone racing is getting uh, flying a small aircraft in tight spaces and not hitting things so with that absolutely.
6: it absolutely w- and for for, uh, for the for the fpv enthusiasts uh, who have fun with racing indoors uh, and i don't want to
4: are you biased think about against the fpv situation you- but
6: if it had happened mm-hmm. in a subway too What you're proposing would be of great benefit to a first responder who you'd have to walk into the tunnel to find out what's going on. And we could have responders that go in and and get their situational awareness immediately.
4: Well, and the feed that comes from the cameras, you know, can be relayed simultaneously, you know, with only microsecond delays between screens. And get that immediate data coming back, which is invaluable when seconds count and you've got to get, what is it, the golden hour. You've got to assess what's going on if people need help immediately and, and certainly hearkening back to your uh, medical training. I mean, when seems like it would make your job a lot easier.
6: You know, and and I, I have fun when we have these conversations because this gets into other areas. Um, you know, you you're the one who had helped me understand the involvement of FTC when it comes to privacy concerns, and as you know, I take a certain position when it comes to the FCC, and and hopefully you've gotten your your uh, your uh, ham
4: light. Ooh, license we're not going uh, to sure, sure. <laughs> we're, we're still studying, but um, uh.
6: yeah, you know, I. I uh, if, are you familiar with FirstNet? The first responder.
4: Um, I say, like, share uh, a little bit about it with us because while yeah. we have the benefit of some of the knowledge, that not everyone listening has the same background. So please yeah. enlighten us. And,
6: and, and uh, you know, I thank him for his time. Yesterday, I spoke with the uh, president of the uh, the FirstNet initiative, which is to take all fifty states and its territories and move first responders into what we know as consumer cell phone data, these sort of packages, so that now first responders have the same equivalent that we have on our phones to Periscope or Snapchat to our friends to the first responder, giving them a particular bandwidth so that now they have priority on that network. And not only do they have priority on that network, uh, can can you uh, can the audience envision a day where um, instead of hearing all radio chatter in a high speed pursuit, the operation center has real time live dash cam footage as well as a drone transmitted through these cellular networks? Um, and, and and you know it's 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 a challenge as you as as you know, Miss um, Wharton, when it comes to policy on the state level and funding. Uh, some people can be a little um, uh, trepidatious when it comes to there's something new that we're going to have to pay for. Um, but uh, the way that um, uh, T.J. Kennedy, he's the president of FirstNet, the way he had explained it to me was uh, we have units out there that are already using cell phones and air cards. This is, this is not something that the state would pay for. It's already built into their budget. What happens is instead of using that air card in the vehicle or that cell phone through a commercial wireless provider, you use the government air card or cellular phone that gives priority on the network. And it's the, it's, it's, it's paid by that agency, so it's already in the budget. Um, and so uh, I think there's difficulty in conveying that to uh, people who are forming budgets uh, for agencies uh, because uh, I think there's a fear of having to pay for something new. But uh, just giving a little insight into how drones can move off of 2.4 and 5.8 gigahertz and come more into a wider, more available bandwidth for operations to well, allow the online of sight.
4: And that ha- allow, I was going to say, uh, that, that highlights some of the issues that the gentleman from uh, media we're talking about is uh, when the communications networks go down or are interrupted or have interference during emergency situations being able to uh, understand where and set up your communications networks to minimize the you know, the interference or so that to ensure that the drones are operating uh, safely I mean you don't want to build on to an existing uh, disaster with a drone crashing down and causing additional damage. I mean, that's uh, – how do you – or how have those conversations gone? Because the FCC hasn't opened up more of their spectrum. Even though they're talking about it, is this – is that dedicated network or those dedicated channels playing into your discussions? I mean, how, how are those conversations going?
6: So, uh, if I recall, I don't have it in front of me, but I think it was either January or February. The FCC stood up a another another working group. But the main thing that I noticed in this in this press release was uh, the co-chairs are the FCC and the FAA to deal with aircraft communication security issues, which I I believe is is something that you've raised before: the security of data and security protocols that go oh, across the channels. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Mm-hmm. And um, to my understanding, I have not seen anything since. But uh, while the while it specifies aircraft communication security, it doesn't necessarily specify unmanned aircraft. But naturally, I think that's where it would go. It, it would go in that direction. Um, but uh, we are now in October, and uh, I have not seen anything uh, recent since then.
4: Well, and... It- It's part of the budget battles, kind of getting back to what you were noting is getting on people's radar so that they have the funds to uh, incorporate these policies. The government budgets don't always work on – I mean, they have different schedules, be it July 1st to June 30th calendar year. I always call it that everybody wants to be a baller, and when it comes to the federal agencies – it, they do. I love they want. When you say that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's the Beltway ballers. Everybody, and it's judged or based on how much money you have in your budget, and it, of course, any excuse to we've got to protect privacy. It's for the privacy. It's for children. It's for this. So therefore, give us more money. But it, it's a harder argument. I mean, with the FCC, they've had a lot going on that are pulling from. Be it uh, the set top or the set tv set top boxes with the cable it's
6: a, it's, it, it's unfortunate we've we've we're at this interesting juncture because when the nprm came out they drew a line that, that was not there before there was a hobbyist and there was a commercial operation and i note this in the nprm that uh, The NPRM arguably wipes clean the notions of civic duty and community service. What our parents and our grandparents knew was they knew civil defense, Uh, about 10 million volunteers that helped their Mm communities instead of focusing on a budget. And when the government became involved, like FEMA, uh, then, then we have these budget battles that you mentioned.
4: Well, and that's going to bring up a point that let's stick a pen in until after the commercial break, but do we need almost a branch of the Civil Air Patrol with Civil Drone Patrol? But you're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio.
3: Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, Support USJF as they support you.
1: Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org.
0: Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today.
6: Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like.
0: This is americaswebradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And welcome back.
4: You're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz. I'm your host, Lawyer Liz. Find us each Wednesday on America's Web Radio and podcasts available Online on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. And today we're talking about drones for good. And Lucas is sharing us some insights as an emergency first responder, but also a technology and policy expert. And we were discussing some of the budget battles and those impacts, but we saw for the first time, kind of circling back to Volair Media's at work in the first part of the show, Hurricane Matthew. It, you know, the budgets weren't there because, of course, nobody anticipates when stuff is going to happen. But at the same time, you saw drones for good, be it volunteers or in the case of the gentleman out in uh, Texas and then his brother with the flooding in North Carolina. And as everyone ran the stories, those links brought it, kind of brought it all full circle. But that video was from just a hobbyist out playing around. What do you do when you have companies like Valera Media who are ready, willing, and able to jump in? Do we have a civil drone patrol?
6: And what I'm what I'm seeing is I'm seeing we have spotty uh, legislation from state to state, uh, both at the Uh, county, local level, state level, and and, and federal. Um, I'm so happy that Craig Williams was able to help his brother, uh, which brings into another aspect of of, of social media. Uh, But um, one of the things, and and I I, I thank the um, public information officer I spoke with at North Carolina Emergency Management about this.
4: Because North Carolina is a special state, isn't it, with its... uh I'd say, overbearing, but it's restrictions. I mean, it's not, it's one of the states that has taken proactive uh, steps ahead of the FA, creating its own framework, uh, rightly or wrongly, Uh, what, how did they handle this?
6: And, you know, it's it's interesting because we think about if uh, this, now this started back in the um, uh, 2013-2014 legislative session. Uh, they stood up a legislative research commission. Uh, it's a committee on UAS. And they were charged on October 19, 2013. And if everyone can think back to Christmas time, the FAA did not issue that fact sheet from the Office of the Chief Counsel until December of 2015. Um, so the study committee uh, held four hearings over the course of uh, 2014, um, asking The participants' questions on on how should we legislate, and we think back a couple years ago to what the tone was when you heard the word drone.
4: Um, Oh, it was military. It was the you know dark looming. It it wasn't the quads and other small aircraft we see today. I mean, you're absolutely right.
6: Mm -hmm. And uh, they let's just say that they put they added a lot of text to the general statute. Uh, but one of the things that they do is they differentiate jurisdiction. So they do specifically uh, cite regulation of launch and recovery. So they are involved in anything that touches the ground. Above that, they don't. Whereas you come into a, uh, a county like uh, Rockland County, New York, for instance, uh their uh, their law, their ordinance that they enacted, local law. um, First paragraph actually reads, uh, drones can fly at altitudes below the navigable airspace, generally 400 feet, which is not within the jurisdiction, regulation, and control of the Federal Aviation Administration. So I think it's a a matter of educating people who are...
4: Absolutely. Educate and engage, right?
6: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but uh, for the for the emergency, you know, thinking in terms of emergency managers, you know, if you flip to some proposals that they had in New Jersey, they actually had proposals on the books for law enforcement, emergency management, and fire departments, including uh, little caveats on data retention and. Uh, Times to destroy those records, as well as an annual report that they would have to issue, uh, of maintenance records, uh, fuel purchases, and any other pertinent documents. So uh, there's a wide spectrum that's that's going on here, and and it's you know it, we're talking federal, state, local, tribal, territorial.
4: Well, and it with North Carolina, and especially as you pointed out, I mean all of these regulations came into play before. the August 29th, uh, Part 107, which was the FAA's, okay, here's here's some rules of the road or rules of the sky. Now that you have that, how do, from an emergency responder perspective, how do you incorporate all this technology when you don't even know from county to county where the impacted areas are going to be?
6: And that's a challenge. Uh, And it's one, one point that uh, I discussed with that uh, PIO uh, at the State Emergency Operations Center. Uh, it, it, we, we were talking about volunteers. We were talk, talking about the, the scenario where, where the guy on social media was able to guide the drone and the FEMA rescue boat to his brother.
4: I was say, and for full disclosure, Carolina, uh, and Craig Williams is a... a colleague of some of my close friends and an amazing story if anyone hasn't uh, found it or followed it. But, sorry, had, at least had just had to throw oh, that no, in I because mean, shout is, out to the small great world. Uh, small world and uh, the great work that happened there.
6: Uh, international news. <laughs> <laughs> um And, and since, since we made international news because of Hurricane Matthew and the positive societal Benefits of, of drones. Um, you know, when I asked about volunteers, that's handled by the North Carolina Division of Aviation, and they actually uh, they actually uh, advise local governments that if they hire a uh, a they contract out to a company like like Airless, like my company, uh, that they need to ensure valid FAA credentials and insurance. Um, but short of that. Uh, uh, there wasn't any other iteration of of the people who the good Samaritans the the good Samaritans that that don't seek payment for their their civic duty.
4: Well and and looking at companies like Volair Media as well you have people who are willing to hey we'll take our expertise in the aircraft the systems and how can we help you but those channels the fact that they're only now the channels of communication opening up. It's are we late to the game, or how f- how quickly are we going to have to try to catch up?
6: You know, I think this will. I, I don't have an answer for that because of uh, how <laughs> volatile. But uh, you're and the expert. <laughs> the industry is, and yes. with so many stakeholders, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're. I'm talking legislators all the way down through companies and individual hobbyists.
4: Well, and we're expecting um, just legislators. Just like
6: recent FTC um, workshop, I mean, it's it is a ongoing discussion.
4: That, Absolutely,
6: uh, has carried over from NTIA meetings to the FTC workshop.
4: Well, and with that, I mean, you've got technology that is rapidly evolving from its early days that it doesn't look the same at all and the nation's infrastructure is changing between everybody trying to fight for space on the 2.4 and 5.8 i mean every internet connected device to you have legislators and policymakers who can't keep up nor should they we don't want them to be experts on everything we want them to instead have a network of Experts such as yourself, such as Valer Media, and such as this show hopes to be, to craft those communication channels so that when they are facing this, they they know who to go to. That seems so key, but how, and we saw with the FAAs uh, coming forth with the Part 107 before that, they started giving a warning signal to some of the states, such as North Carolina, saying, eh, you're stepping on our toes, potentially. And then you've got the FCC and the FTC, be it uh, the safety of the aircraft themselves uh, and consumer use to the data and the privacy issues and the communications. It seems like everybody's trying to fight for space in here. And that's before we even start talking about the the operators and all the companies and everything, who's going to play referee, do you think?
6: You know, and in and, and some ways to, to, to you know, kind of uh, g- close our loop here, um, I think uh, as we watch this whole thicket of alphabet agencies and governing bodies uh, have debates over proposals, um, I think the community of unmanned aircraft system operators, and hobbyists need to continue our positive uses. The UAV, UAV, UAViators, Vol Air Media, continue to, as you know from the beginning of our conversation, uh, go towards helping... Fellow humans, life saving and humanitarian. Exactly.
4: Mission. Well, and, I and think it's. We'll be able to see
6: the benefit, that's, the potential that's
4: there. There's a lot of potential and a lot of room to grow. So hopefully, uh, Lucas, you will join us back on the show. You've been listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz. I'm your host, Lawyer Liz. Follow us on Twitter. Find us on America's Web Radio. Thank you to the station and my firm, Hall Booth, and my guest today. Join us next this time. This is
0: AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.